Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the Curtain Jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on upcoming prelims of UFC fight cards. This week, we're talking about the UFC heading to San Antonio for a pretty fun fight card. But if you know me and you know this podcast, you know that we are only talking about the prelim portion of that card. Now, if you're new to the show, you're probably asking yourself, why just the prelims? Why not the exciting main card of this upcoming fight card? And the answer is quite simple, is that you probably already know how you feel about Leon Rocky Edwards versus RDA. You probably got feelings on Dan Hooker versus James Vick. And you, you probably already got thoughts on Juan Adams versus Greg Hardy. But you probably don't know about the guys a little bit further down in the card. And that's where the betting value and your daily fantasy value really lies. Because when you have an advantage on the prelims, you really have an advantage over most of the gamblers, most of the bookies, and most of the daily fantasy sports players out there. And speaking of daily fantasy sports, I would be remiss if I did not mention that this show is exclusively sponsored by BSMMA.com. BSMMA.com is a daily fantasy site devoted entirely to MMA. All of the other guys out there are focused on all kinds of different sports, right? You got golf daily fantasy sports. You got NASCAR daily fantasy sports and baseball and football and basketball. Not BSMMA.com. They are focused solely on the MMA game. And that's why they get it right. And let me tell you how they get it right. There's no salary caps at BSMMA.com, right? Because there's no salary caps in MMA. You don't have to worry about losing because you're counting leg kicks and your guy's got less leg kicks than the other guy's guy got. Instead, you just have to pick five winners, five methods, and five rounds, and that's it. Watch your points rack up and beat everybody else. And to get started, we want to give you a free contest to win some sweet BS MMA apparel. Just go there, set up your free account, and use contest code PRELIM8. That's right, P-R-E-L-I-M. And then the number eight, and make your picks today. And to help you out with those picks over on BSMMA.com, I want to enlist the help of another savvy co-host today. I'm lucky enough to be joined by Kurt Chase Patrick from Combat Docket. Kurt, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Yeah, man, thank you. I've been looking uh, really forward to this. Love the cast, and I'm glad to be here. All right. So as always, you guys know the deal. We put five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start talking about my favorite fight on the prelims, and that's Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres versus Steven Ocho Peterson. Caceres is actually only 1-2 and two in his last three. He beat Martin Bravo but lost to Kron Gracie and Wang Juan. Uh, Steven Peterson has only been in the UFC for three fights. He's also 1-2 in those. All decisions, he beat Matt Bissett but lost to Violent Bob Ross and Brandon Davis. So, I kind of think, Kurt, in, in this situation, we've got one who's a little bit more of a technical striker in Peterson and one who loves the flashy, weird stuff. Which do you like in this sort of matchup? Um, So, I really like this fight, too, honestly. I think uh, Peterson's a pretty gritty guy. Uh, Caceres is super... Kind of like you said, Caceres is kind of all over the place. And if you look at Caceres' record, he's fought some absolute studs, right? I mean... You go down the list, there's some really big names on his record. So I think when he gets to fights like Peterson, who is a pretty good all-around fighter, um, but he's more well-matched with Caceres, I think that makes Caceres very dangerous. Um, again, I think I think Peterson is super well-rounded. Uh, I really, really like this fight. 
I favor I favor Caceres in the striking. I think he's crafty enough. Um, I think he's got a good shin. He's tough. He's been in there with the best. I favor him on the feet. I honestly favor him wherever the fight goes, honestly. Yeah, I think he's got the submission skills, and I think actually that could be the difference maker here. If Peterson were to tag him even and follow him up, I almost feel like Caceres has the advantage on the ground here and, and could beat him there, you know, like trick him with an arm bar off his back because he is crafty on the ground too. So for that reason, I'm leaning Caceres. I actually probably don't think he finishes Peterson, being that Peterson, you know, like stood in there with violent Bob Ross and Brandon Davis, who are killer power strikers too. You know, like both of those guys put people away. So I'm going to go with Peterson by decision. Uh, what's your official prediction? Yeah, Peterson is super tough, but I'm going Caceres. And honestly, man, like kind of like you said, I could see Caceres throwing up maybe like a triangle or an arm bar or scrambling to his back. He's just a real scrappy dude. I'm going to take Caceres by submission, maybe second round. All right, so there you have it. And we're going to move on to the next fight, which is one with that sneaky towards the top of the division here. And that's Raquel Rocky Pennington versus Irene Aldana. Pennington has is coming off back-to-back losses, but we should note that those losses come to Jermaine Durandamine and Amanda Nunes. But at the same time, she hasn't won since 2016, whereas Irene Aldana is on a three-fight win streak and most recently armbarred the uh, the million-dollar buy rate, Betch Cohea. So here's my question to you. Is the streak more important or is the strength of schedule more important when we're looking at this one? Uh, man, I think right now the streak is more important. Um, I mean, you look at you look at Pennington's last two fights, and especially that last fight against Nunes, man. Um, or I'm sorry, the last fight was against Durandamy, mm-hmm. but that fight before against Nunes, I mean, that's the kind of fight that that could take years off off your fighting life, right? I mean, she got beaten up just kind of like everybody does right now against Nunes, but um, I think she's kind of far away from that four fight win streak. Mm-hmm. To get her that title shot, uh, I favor Aldana here. I think Aldana's really slick on the ground as well. Yeah, and I think the thing that people, you know, thought about her with that big win streak was, oh, she beat Misha Tate, you know, like a, a former champion to get that title shot. She's clearly towards the top of the division. And I sort of think we were seeing a Misha Tate who wanted out anyway. You know, like that was that was sort of Misha Tate's last hurrah, so to speak. And, and I think probably Pennington is now past her prime too in the fact that we're seeing Aldana on the way up, Pennington on the way down. And I think it's right for Aldana to, to pretty much do whatever she wants here. I, I am going to wimp out here and say uh, Aldana by decision, just because I don't see her being able to finish Pennington. Who's so tough. Uh, how about you? I'm with you there, man. 100% agree. I got uh, Aldana by decision. All right. And that does it for the first five minutes here. We're going to send it over to a commercial break and we will be right back. In round number two. Look, my favorite part of BSMMA.com is the create your own contest option. When I sit around watching fights with friends, I like to tell them that I know more and prove to them I know more by using BSMMA.com. And it's really quite simple. You can set up any kind of contest you want. So you got 10 people over your house, you wanna prove to all of them that you're better than them, set up a 10 person contest, get everybody logged on on their phones. It takes no time whatsoever to get set up, have them make their quick picks, and show them that you're better than them. Maybe you want to put a little bit of money on it. That's cool too. You can set up the contest so that they have different prize values, different entry fees, all kinds of different things like that. But the biggest part of it is that it's fully customizable. Get your friends involved today. BSMMA.com. Now, back to the show. (music) 
And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. All right, and we're going to start this round by talking about Ray Borg versus Gabriel Silva. So Ray Borg uh, just popped up to the bantamweight division after it seemed like they were going to kill Flyweight. He lost his debut to a very tough debuting fighter in Casey Kenny, And here he goes getting another tough debuting fighter. 7-0 Gabriel Silva making his UFC debut. He recently beat Jake Heffernan in LFA, which is a tough one. Does that a re- Let, Let's go back to Borg. Does that loss say more about Ray Borg or the talent of Casey Kenny? First off, possibly my favorite fight on this undercard. I find this fight very interesting. Um, I th- I honestly thought Ray Borg had a case to win that fight against Kenny. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he's been he's been through a lot lately. You know, he fought to the title shot. He's had weight issues. You know, the issues with his child. Um, he's been through a lot. I thought he deserved that decision against Kenny. Um, and they're doing him no favors here against, uh, Gabriel Silva, who again, debuting fighter eight and uh, absolute stud. This is a really tough one for Borg, man. Yeah. I think it's a tough one for Borg too. In that, like, so as you said before, he had a whole bunch of things go on. He finally gets to a weight class where he feels a little bit more comfortable. And what do we love about Ray Borg's style? It's that he takes it to the ground. He's exciting when he goes there and he takes risks. And back-to-back, they give him fighters that if you take risks on the ground, they're either going to explode and get up because they're hyper-athletic, or they're going to sl- hit a switch or hit a, hit a sweep, and you're going to be on the bottom. So so here we go. I, I think he's probably in that kind of situation again here. If it goes to decision, is Borg's style exciting enough to finish it? Any chance it stays on the feet? What, what are your sort of thoughts on how this one goes down? Man, Silva's, Silva's a pretty much a tank on the feet, too. He likes to move forward. He likes to throw a lot. Uh, yeah, I think I, – I kind of favor Silva here, man. I think the style matches up well. Um, again, like I don't know – I don't know if Borg is closer to the guy that, that fought Demetrius Johnson. I don't know. I don't really know what to think about Borg after everything going on. I favor Silva here. I think he's going to make a big debut. I think he's really going to put his name on the map here. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't know if he finishes him, but I favor Silva. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you, and I, I hate that I agree with you on this too because I do love Ray Borg. Same. I, I, I'm going to go Silva by decision. He's not going to get a knockout in that way, I don't think, and especially with Ray Borg being so durable. But I think you're right. Like He gets up and, and is too strong when it goes to the mat, and, and he's got the advantage striking. So uh, I'll go Silva decision. I know I've gone decision three times. I swear I'm going to get to a finish in here. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I feel I feel decision as well. I know there's going to be a finish in here somewhere. Um, I feel decision as well. I think Borg is durable. Uh, I th- I think it's going to be a close fight, but yeah, I think I think Silva ekes out a decision. All right. Well, I found you another one that maybe probably goes to decision because the next one we're going to talk about is Roxanne Modafari versus Jennifer Maya. Roxanne Modafari two and one since losing her title fight. Uh, she just beat Antonia Shevchenko. In uh, in Russia, who's the number 15th ranked flyweight right now. Jennifer Maya, also 2-1. She's number 6 in the division and just beat Alexis Davis. So so two are pretty close to the top of the division. Roxy just seems to find a way to win lately, uh, which is crazy. But it's usually with a nice mixture of top game and clinch work. Is there any way she can do that to Jennifer Maya? Listen, man, I... When they announced that Antonina Shevchenko Roxanne Modafferi fight, I was legit upset. I thought <laughs> Roxanne was going to get steamrolled. 
I gave you know honestly I like Roxanne she's great I mean talk about a women's pioneer it's Roxanne Modafferi I gave her little to no shot in that fight and she ekes out a decision against Shevchenko their first fight um Modafferi and um Maya was close mm-hmm. uh man I'll never count Roxy out again she's tough she's durable she's good everywhere um I think it's gonna be a fun one yeah and I think the difference between her the first time she fought Jennifer Maya back in Invicta and her right now is I think the big difference comes down to the time she's gotten to work with uh what's his oh John Wood thank you uh John Wood over at Syndicate MMA because I think just every single moment she's around John Wood she gets better and better and better and better and and something to note here too is Jennifer Maya did concede three takedowns to Liz Carmouche who's who's notedly a better grappler than Roxanne Modafari, but I think Roxanne gets enough top game to win a decision here, and, and that's going to be my pick. How about you? Yeah, I'm leaning with you, man. I think I think Roxanne is going to do enough. I think, like you said, Syndicate MMA, they have a good squad over there. Uh, she's really put it together. I'm going to take Roxanne too, man. I, I think she gets it done. Well, we've got absolutely, positively no differences in the first two rounds, and we are just about to head to the third round. You might get a little disagreement there. Just quickly, a word from our sponsors first. So we talked a little bit about BSMMA scoring, right? It's pretty simple. You pick five fighters, five rounds, and five methods, and that's it. But there is a little bit of extra kick to all of those picks. While you get points for all of those things, there's also a little bit of bonus in there, right? You can attach a bonus to each and every one of the fighters you pick, and there's some really cool ones. My personal favorite one, and one I hit a couple of times last event, not to brag, was the Cinderella bonus. If you think your fighter's got to get home by midnight and get the job done in the first two minutes, you just attach that Cinderella bonus to it, and if they get the job done, you get an extra 15 points. There's all kinds of other cool bonuses like that. Five different ones in total. Get familiar with them so that when you make your picks, you can bring home those big cash prizes. Now, back to the show for round three. All right, and we are back with round number three. We are a perfect four for four in agreeing so far. Let's see if round three can bring us anything else. First, we'll put five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this one by talking about one that you sort of have to be excited about, and that's Smiling Sam Alvey versus Clinton Abreu. Uh, Abreu lost his UFC debut to Magomed Ankiolev by decision, who's a tough fighter, certainly no harm in that. Sam Alvey, he's got back-to-back TKO losses, but but they're kind of questionable TKO losses. Both of them seem like early stoppages, and they were to Little Nog and, and Jimmy Crute, so certainly, again, no shame in that. Here's the question, though. Clinton Abreu, a pretty damn good wrestler, can, can uh, grappler and wrestler, uh, can Sam Alvey keep it standing long enough to do what Sam Alvey does best? I think so. I think Sam Alvey obviously has a better strength of schedule. Um... Sam Alvey, when he gets going, too, and he gets in a rhythm, he can really strike. Uh, I like the finish here, man. I think Sam is going to finish him here. I really – I do. I think, again, strength of schedule is a big thing. He's fought he's fought much better fighters in his career. He's super battle-tested. I like Sam Alvey here. Klitson is a good fighter. Obviously, he was the Brave FC champ. Uh, but I'm going Sam Alvey. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this either because I thought you were going to disagree with me here. I, I thought everybody's thinking Clinton Abreu take down Sam Alvey can't hang. 
Sam Alvey actually sneaky good submission defense too, which I feel like we should talk about for just a second. The dude has fought 46 or 47 times in his career. He has one, one submission loss, and it was to Gerald Mearshart like 11 years ago or something like that. So if that's the only person who could sub him in all that time, I don't see Clinton Abreu being the first one. And if Clinton's got to stand with him, I, I like Albie by knockout. The dude surprises us every single time. So uh, let's go Sam Alvey by KO. Let's do it, man. Uh, what, ra- what round, though? I- I'm going to take him in the second. Clinton will probably put him against the cage and probably tire himself out trying to get him down to start. Um, and, and then once he's a little bit on the tired side, I, I think Sam Alvey, you know, he probably shoots for a takedown that's ill-advised and Alvey tags him. Got it. I, I'm with you, man. Uh, Just for the sake of disagreement, I'm going to go third round. Our, yeah, <laughs> Sam Alvey KO. <laughs> all right. There we go. Now, we, we're down to just about two and a half minutes here to talk about two pretty exciting fights here that are going to end, well, actually start the night if you're watching, end our podcast, and that's Mario Batista versus Jin Susan. Mario Batista lost a short notice debut where he took the fight on nine days notice to fight Corey Sandhagen, who's an absolute beast, and he's going to be fighting Jin Susan, who also took a fight on fairly short notice to fight Peter Yan, who was arguably more of a beast by Cor- than Corey Sandhagen. Uh, who showed you more in their debut losses to sort of make you feel good about this fight? Jin Su Sun. I, th- that guy, you know, what, what's some of these, some of these Asian fighters, man, are absolute tanks. I mean, the shots he took, the way he stood up against Yan, again, like you want to talk about a debut fight and no shame to Corey Sandhagen, but like, you get Peter Yan short notice in your debut, and you put up a performance like that, I am super impressed. I'm going Jin Su-Sun, uh, more impressive debut. All right, so this might be the place where we disagree, because I'm actually going to go with Mario Batista, and the reason is pretty simple, is that while he got finished really quick, I think Jin Su-Sun throws kind of wild punches and isn't afraid to get hit in the head. When he does throw those wild punches, Batista isn't going to exchange with him, I don't think. I think instead he's probably going to use some of that wrestling that he's shown in the past, get him to the ground. You know, I mean, he slammed Corey Sandhagen, so there's clearly something in that. I bet you he slams Jin Susan, gets on top, and uh, I'm going to say he's able to finish Jin Susan on the ground with strikes. I'm going to go Jin Susan by scintillating first round knockout. All right. Why not? All right. There we have it. Now we got just one more to go, and it's a couple of debut. Oh, no. Hang on. One debuting fighter. One guy's already had his debut. Domingo Pilarte making his UFC debut. He's eight in one career. He did beat Vince Morales, who fought last weekend in UFC Sacramento on the Contender Series. So he's got, you know, a little bit of high level experience there. He'll be fighting Felipe Colaris, who's 0 1 in the UFC. He lost a decision to Geraldo de Feritas. Uh, What can you tell us about Pilarte making his debut? Honestly, I've never seen Polarte fight. I looked up a little bit of information on them. It seems like a really well-matched fight. Um, I'm expecting fireworks. I think they're going to open up the card again. I don't know too much, but uh, I'm leaning Polarte here. From what I've seen, I think he, I think he gets it done. Yeah, and, and, and the amount of stuff I saw on the Contender Series, it looks like his striking is just a little bit more crisp than Kolaris. I, I think probably this fight is one where neither is all that interested to get it to the mat. I'm going to go with Pilarte. I'll say KO too, because if they're going to stand a bang, uh, why not get a KO early on the card? Agreed. Started off with a bang, man. 
All right, and that does it for our very last round. I hope you guys learned a little bit something. Reminder to check out bsmma.com for all your daily fantasy MMA needs. And thank you to Kurt Chase Patrick from Combat Docket for stopping by and helping me out with these. Thank you so much, man, for having me.